Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC. DC is not always known as a fashionable city. But as you'll see this weekend at DC's Fashion Week events, that doesn't mean there aren't stylish people making waves here through new clothing lines and creative accessorizing. Digital creator Libby Rasmussen was recently named one of Washington, D.C.'s most fashionable people. She explains the city's distinct take on style. Today's Thursday, September 28th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what D.C. is talking about. kind of has this reputation, I think an unfair reputation, as a place that is not fashionable. That we're all bland suits and professional attire and like khakis and sweaters from J. Crew. You are probably the most stylish DC person I know. What is it like being a person that cares about and likes fashion and lives in DC? Thank you so much. That's so, so kind. I, I don't know if I could take credit for, for that, but that's such a high regard and compliment, and I really appreciate that. Um, as someone who used to be in all, like, Ann Taylor, J. Crew suits, working on K Street and, and lobbying on Capitol Hill, um, I very much think that, you know, the historical timeline of like DC and attire and clothing and things like that have been very much centered around what people think of when they think of those jobs in that workplace. And historically, for good reason or not good reason, I suppose, for a reason, you know, that kind of attire has been the mainstream attire for Washingtonians. And I think that what we've really seen in the past couple of years is this pivot towards people embracing more personal style um, and also, you know, taking different bits of uh, fashion from around the, the world and the country um, because we are such a diverse and international city and kind of mixing it up. So you're seeing more color, more vibrancy in those workplaces on Capitol Hill. I think that business casual or smart casual is kind of changing as we're coming back out from the pandemic. People are kind of being more comfortable in the physicality of what they're wearing, but then also more comfortable with their personal style. But I also want to, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as well, like that's just one sector of DC. That's a very white sector of DC and the other side of DC and other facets of DC has always had really amazing fashion and has always been exploring different fashion ideas, uh, avant-garde, you know, dressing, things like that, um, streetwear. Like there's so many different facets that are just kind of not typically thought of with Washington DC because of, you know, the quintessential Capitol Hill stereotypes that we have in the city. That's such an important point. Like DC is a black city and black folks, we love to dress flashy. We love to be stylish. You know, you talked about sort of the way that DC style is evolving and I love a personal style evolution. You mentioned that you were 
a big Ann Taylor loft dresses. For oh, folks yeah. who can't see you now or don't follow you on Instagram, how would you describe your personal style today? Well, today it's, I mean, extremely colorful. I love colorful fabrics. I love uh, mixing patterns. I love an outfit that almost makes perfect sense and matches like too well. And then just something is kind of thrown like in into the mix on its head. Um, I pull a lot of style influence from my hometown roots. I'm from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So I love, I love a camo duck print pant, uh, blaze orange. I have my dad's FFA jacket, future farmers of America, for those who don't know, um, jacket from 1972. I wear that really regularly with like maybe a, like an Hermes scarf, you know, tied into the mix or like a, you know, an old baseball hat. Um, and I've really involved, evolved my fashion sense from, you know, suit pantsuits and professional work attire to what, you know, I wear now today. I will say I have privilege and opportunity to wear what I want because I work for myself. And um, I would say that that's, you know, a big limitation for people, especially in DC, to have that flexibility with their wardrobe. But yeah, it's definitely changed for sure. It's it's evolved and it's, uh, you know, it's gotten more vibrant, colorful, exciting. Um, I pick up things from friends here in DC, from friends on the internet, you know, just all over. So you're basically a human walking rainbow, which I love. How do folks in D.C. respond to your style? I think they like it. I always kind of love it when I do like an outfit post on TikTok or something like that. And someone's like, this almost made sense. And I'm like, that's exactly (laughs) what I wanted to go for. You know, like there's like a little bit that just makes you think like, okay, like, Maybe I wouldn't have done it that way, but it catches me in a different, you know, lighter way. And I'm not even trying to say that I'm like this radical, like experiential with my clothing, but just something that's a little bit more, again, outside of the norm, perhaps for your typical Washingtonian. But at the same time, I also feel weird saying that because I walk around the streets of Adams Morgan, Union Market, Bloomingdale, and I see people, you know, really expressing themselves with different uh, types of fashion every day. And I'm so inspired by that because again, we're so lucky to have so many international folks, so many people that are bringing their hometown roots to DC through their style. And it's just so fun to see. Yeah, I completely agree. When I scroll TikTok, one of my favorite things on TikTok is the people who do the, like, what are people wearing in New York today? And it's just like really interesting style. I think you could easily do that in DC. I think that the, totally. the attitude that people in D.C. are not stylish is just wrong. And all you have to do is walk out around the neighborhood and you'll you'll understand how wrong that is. But I do think that D.C. has like city specific struggles when it comes to being a designer in D.C. You know, there's not a lot of clothing manufacturers in the area to help with production. So designers might have really cool, great creative ideas, but have trouble finding somebody to help them execute. Shipping clothing back and forth can get really expensive. And on top of that, D.C. is an expensive city where storefronts and getting good foot traffic can be tough. So it might be tough for designers in D.C. to get off the ground. So given all that, where do you shop locally and how do you find you know, designers and folks in D.C. to really tap into your personal style. 
Yeah, totally. Um, I'm glad you mentioned like kind of the limited access that we have in DC as well, because while there are so many great and creative people who are coming up with designs and um, small businesses that would love to have storefronts, it's just not super possible in DC. I wish there were more opportunities and would love to get more involved in kind of like championing and supporting those small businesses for storefront spaces. I think Union Market does a really great job of trying to, um, you know, bring this, this vision in. I think Georgetown is actually actually surprisingly doing a really good job of trying to bring in more local people. I know that Georgetown Main Street and like M Street, um, Wisconsin Ave, there I see small things kind of popping up here and there. So yeah, I, I would say like in DC, uh, I, I'm really inspired by the vintage collectors and curators here in DC. I have a vintage glassware company. The vintage shopping in and thrifting sometimes in the stores for clothing really overwhelms me. So I, I'm there to like get my glassware and my home goods and I stay in my lane, but I'm so inspired by my friends who curate beautiful pieces of clothing and then, you know, curate things for us to purchase. My good friend Rajni, who has Jungly Vintage, I believe she's a math teacher. And outside of that, she has this incredible, colorful, vibrant, um, like really zany, fun collection of clothing. Um, and I love absolutely shopping her pieces. In addition to that, Ron David is a local black designer. He's absolutely amazing. He's located in both the Four Seasons and then also at Union Market. His pieces are incredible. Again, really colorful. They travel well. He has a lot of experimentation with plissé, a lot of trend forward things, but then also really great staple pieces that feel very luxe, but are at a very great price point. Um, and his store is just absolutely beautiful and his designs are incredible. So I love shopping with him. And then, you know, you can catch me around city center once in a while. Like it's fun to see kind of what the big fashion houses are, you know, saying what the trends and things like that should be. I take it with a little bit of grain of salt. I love, you know, a secondhand piece from a luxury item. Um, so I'm excited to see where the future of DC businesses go with some of these um, more like kind of like curated shops. There's a group of like vintage collectors in DC, myself included. We love to do different pop-ups around different spaces, activating Georgetown Flea. You have pop-ups around all over Eastern Market, the city, things like that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to find that. And then, you know, I think that there's so much room to grow for the DC local designer community, as you mentioned, not having a lot of access to retail space, you know, clothing manufacturers, things like that. But I really, really hope to see for the future that there's more fostering and nurturing of that community through grants, through funds, through um, what have it for, you know, for opportunities for designers like that to thrive um, a little bit more. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 
So in addition to your colorful personal style, you're also sort of known for disco style, glitter, disco balls. You can't see behind me, but I have lots of like disco balls, disco ball planter, disco ball paperweights, you name it. You actually curated the disco balls at a local Brandy Carlisle concert recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've always decorated with disco balls. I love, I mean, what's not to love about them? They're so fun. Um, and most people for the longest time, you know, had never seen a disco ball up close. Usually we just see them in a nightclub or, you know, hanging from the center of a roller skating rink. But early on in the pandemic, I, you know, I would decorate with them all the time in my home and people would ask like, where do you get those? Where do you get those? So I was like, I need to like start thinking of creative ideas to make these, you know, purchasable and uh, for people to share them with one another and um, to buy them. And then I also have a rental business as well. Like you mentioned, we do a lot of like weddings, events, Brandy Carlisle's um, Out and About Festival, uh, which was a queer festival at Wolf Trap recently. So yeah, I, I won't take credit for every single disco ball in Washington, D.C., but if there's a, if you see one around, it's a, there's a good chance it's from my, um, my store, Libby and my. The New York Times called you a disco dealer, which I thought was so funny because it conjures up this idea of like, you're doing something sort of illicit, like, hey, want some disco balls? Right, right. <laughs> in, in the, the alley. back alley, I've got a trench coat like full of them. Yeah, it's amazing. It was, that was such an honor. And I was so taken aback by that article. And it was amazing. We did a shoot here in my living room. And it's, it's great to be referred to as, you know, DC's disco dealer. It's very, very fun. <laughs> So I'm not asking you to go full Miranda Priestly from Devil Wears Prada monologue, but somebody out there is listening and they're like, why does any of this matter? Why does fashion matter? Why should people care about it? And why is it something that you care about? Like, why does style and fashion matter for you? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely like one of those people. I just didn't see much value in it. I've always, you know, I've always admired from afar, like, um, fashion. I, I think I've always been more of a fan of like personal style, but to be honest, like for a really long time, I was like, I don't want any involvement in this. Like it's so superficial. There's no depth to it. Like we have bigger things to worry about. Um, and then you just kind of, you know, once you peel back those things and that's fine if that's what you, you know, don't care about, but I love, you know, having my home outfitted in, you know, really cool like finds and and color and things that I've, you know, collected over the years. And just, you know, like a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, why don't I start expressing myself through my clothing as well? Like, you know, there's no reason why I can't, um, you know, start doing this, you know, outside of work when I was still working in like corporate law or, you know, lobbying, things like that. And then, you know, now it's just kind of blossom. But why it matters, I mean, it, it, it's all subjective to you. But I mean, stylists and designers will tell you, you know, it's 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 culture like that is such a foundation of culture. It's like saying, why does food matter? You know, like for some people, fashion is such nourishment or personal style is such nourishment for a fulfilling and full life. And um, I think that if you treat it like just something that ebbs and flows, it becomes less pressure to put on yourself. So for me, I'm like, I'm not going to stress too much about this and just kind of let it ebb and flow. Some days I want to wear the same thing every day and I will. And I'll be like, all right, I'm wearing like the same outfit three days in a row. Or some days I'll wear three different outfits in one day. It's just letting it ebb and flow. And I think it's also just for some people a really great outlet for channeling the creativity. I'm not an artist. I don't really make anything with like my hands, but being able to like tie up a fun scarf and put it on my body and have someone ask me about how to do that or the history behind the the artist of the scarf that I'm wearing or anything like that is just such a fun 
thing for me personally to do. And I think, you know, style is a way to tell your story. You know, we've there was this big article, I forget who wrote it, about how like color is disappearing from our world. Um, you know, you see less color in like the exterior of buildings, you know, houses are starting to become painted with less color, more whites, more grays, more neutrals, cars, like people are buying less like colorful cars and things like that. And we're kind of just, you know, maybe seeing more of a shift of monochromatic, you know, or just more beige looks, which by the way, I still think look very chic. I want to like say that I think minimalism and all that stuff is like so beautifully done, like so polished, definitely more time, you know, can be more timeless. But I think that, you know, with with fashion, you know, being able to have that pushback or it's, I don't know, it's fashion is political. Fashion is, you know, such a lifeline and such a great way to show um, culture and express yourself. Yeah, I it's I mean, I'll go on all day, but the, to yeah. your point about color, I'm in the, in the market for a new place. And so I've been like touring condos and touring apartments. I could live without another new condo building with like gray floors. It's like, oh, gray yeah. floors, yeah. groundbreaking. It does, yeah. it does seem like we're losing the places where there are individuality and creativity and color are to be treasured because it does feel like something that is leaving our, our, our lives and our worlds at, at a rapid rate. What are some Instagram accounts that people should follow to learn more about fashion and style in DC? In addition to your own, of course, uh, which is Libby Living Colorfully. Thank you. That's so, so kind of you. I really appreciate that. So just like off the top of my head, Grace Jones, who um, Jason Barnes, the real name, um, Pussy Noir, they're an amazing fashion designer here in D.C. Um, they create their own clothes, clothing in addition to being a performer and um, just an amazing and colorful and beautiful person. Evan Ibrahim is also a, a dear friend of mine. He makes beautiful embroidery, does his own clothing, uh, does a lot of clothing for um, Pussy Noir as well. Um, I mentioned Ron David, also a, an incredible designer for clothing inspiration. Um, Evan Smith is amazing. There's a commonality between everyone I listed and I'm just realizing it now. Uh, people of color here in Washington, DC, always just, you know, frontiers of amazing style. And I think that, um, again, the the trope of DC being so boring with fashion is really just from people who are only seeing mostly whiteness in this city. And I think when people are from here and they've lived here for a while, they know, like, you know, the communities that are really shining bright are um, the ones, you know, that are outside of that, um, that sphere. But I will say, though, I know that there's a TikTok account that was started that was showcasing more clothing on Capitol Hill, obviously mostly interns who I think are like a little bit better at expressing or like they're kind of trying to figure out like what is like Capitol Hill like appropriate or like how can I integrate more fun style? I think that that's probably a really great place to like look for who's like adding a little bit more flavor and color to, um, you know, the typical like DC scene. But yeah. Okay, so listeners, check the show notes because we'll have that full list that Libby just yes. gave posted there. Libby, thank you so much for being here. Stay colorful. Thank you, so much. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Before you go, here's audio producer Julia Karen with some quick news. DC's acting police chief says there may have been as many as 209 homicides already this year. The last time DC recorded its 200th homicide before October was in 1997. In tomorrow's episode, we're discussing what parts of the city are most impacted and what this crime surge means for you. So take a listen. 
Also, construction of the Purple Line is damaging roads in Montgomery County, and officials are asking the contractors to fix the resulting potholes and road closures before the project is completed in 2027. Or at least that's when they say it will be completed. When it's done, the 16.2-mile light rail transit line will stretch from Bethesda to New Carrollton. And lastly, someone threw two Molotov cocktails, you know, those crude fire grenade things, at the Cuban embassy on Sunday. Cuba's ambassador to the United States is calling the attack an act of terrorism that was part of a pattern of attacks directed at Cuban overseas missions. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Local police, the Secret Service, and the State Department are all investigating the incident. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. I, I could think of so many more, like off the top of my head. I feel like I'm like at an award ceremony trying to list off like all of my. <laughs> We're not going to play friends. that. We're not going to play that music and play yeah. you off. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs>